Hello and welcome to Always in Escrow with Serena Appel and Colby Birchin. Hello, Colby. Hello, Serena. I am so excited to welcome a dear friend of mine, Lara Alcantara Landsberg, who has dedicated herself to creating authentic images that tell stories with a focus on conceptual fine art. She is certainly one one to watch. She is a mother of two, Brooklyn-based. We welcome you to the show. Thank you. I'm happy and honored to be here, and I'm bursting in fruit flavor at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I mean, Serena, when you told me about Lara, I just went in like guns blazing, looking at her photographs. Lara, your photographs are just so powerful, and I, I love each and every one of them. So I'm so happy you're on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for going in there. Welcome to the journey. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to dive right in. Um, What is it that has catapulted your career to the next level, do you think? Um, Well, first of all, the pandemic. (laughs) The closing up and not being able to do anything else but focus on yourself. Because if not, you know, you go kind of nuts. So the pandemic came, I, I basically left my career for about 15, I think like 12, 15 years. Um, being a housewife, I was very happy in my blur until the pandemic came. And like, you know, I think life came to my ear and said, you're halfway to dead. You need to figure out what you want to do with your life. So, um, so yeah, so I was stuck at home with two kids and my husband, my ex-husband used to be in the hospital every day. So it was kind of like, you know, a survival mode. Um, I dusted off my camera and I started really working on the, the ideas of what I was living as a housewife and in the process of like rediscovering who I was. So I think that that was really the thing that, that really got me to start working on storytelling and trying to tell my story um, as a woman who had basically left everything aside to raise a family and the shame that that brought to me as, as a woman also, for some reason, I grew up thinking that it was kind of a shameful thing because I didn't bring financial status. I just brought, like I was service, everything. I did everything. I was always on top of everything of the kids being the perfect wife, being the perfect, you know, mom, the perfect friend, everything was always set. And um, when I started working on this idea of like being a housewife and putting a little sarcasm into it as a photograph, the first thing I remember was taking myself into the laundry machine. I used to work in PR and fashion. So I had like a ton of dresses and things that weren't going to be used because of the pandemic. So I decided to go into the the laundry machine and hide by, uh, you know, hide from everything and just take a photograph of it, of what, what I was feeling. So I remember my daughter was in a zoom class and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, just don't pay attention. Keep to your class. I'm just trying to figure out who I am right now in this washing machine. I think that was the first photograph. If you see my Instagram from March, 2020 back. It's a completely different story. Um, And I just basically started opening myself up to making these conceptual ideas that I had learned throughout my studies. I mean, I went to Bard College. I studied photography and theater. Then I moved to NYU. I did the same there. Then I graduated. I worked at Condé Nast. And then I did a master's in photography. 
and everything was there to just like get myself moving. So, so that was the first photograph that I posted after that, telling a little bit of what I was doing and how I was feeling. And that just like took a virality, like, it just went viral and I started working on that. And then there's photographs of me ironing my head. There's photographs of me hanging in the shower. There's photographs of me hanging in the closet, um, you know, being sucked in by, by my, how do you call that in English? Uh, the Hoover, how do you call that? The, oh, the vacuum, the vacuum cleaner, um, you know, kind of those conversations of like what it was like to be in a pandemic closed off with just two kids and like 2054, I don't know, snacks a day plus three meals plus everything else. And, you know, coming from a background in PR, which I actually started doing with Serena right in that year, um, it was such a different scenario. So I, I did the last supper, for example, which is, yes, the last supper is like a, a photograph where I represent the last supper and it's all me in every single image. And there's like, Jesus is getting his hands cleaned with Purell while giving bread to this person next to her who's dying of COVID, you know, like there's all these things happening in there and just trying to figure out what my personalities were and how to organize that whole crew. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. And then Associated Press came calling, which was the big, the big thing. Um, wow. It, yeah, it was actually really interesting because they called, they first they sent yeah. me an email. We're doing this article on artists, you know, figuring out the pandemic and do you want to be in it? And I was like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was in an article with three other artists. Another one of them were, was working here in Brooklyn. And then um, there was, uh, I think the other one worked in Houston. So we we basically had a really good conversation. We did a, a pretty nice article and that just kind of went viral. So it was posted on like 42 different publications because Associated Press is just like a place where people pick up um, information. Syndicated, yeah. yeah. And it was it was amazing. It does. It up in the New York Times, Chicago Post, like um, Japan Times all over the world. And that was the point where I was like, yeah, I think I'm doing what I have to do, which is go back to my roots. You deserve it. So yeah, amazing. I'm so excited. I have to say, I'm like, seriously, like I'm so happy to be who I am right now. Oh, that's awesome. incredible. Right. It's like the journey and you're, you're sharing that journey in such a creative way. Um, I love, I love the stories that you're telling. It's real. Everybody needs to look and see her feed and check it out because there's so many stories that she's telling. Um, and so I want to get into it. You, you are an influencer. You're an art influencer. Now you, you've been in fashion, you've been in lifestyle who helps spark your creative juices. So I'm going to give that job to my intuition. Um, I, so when the, when this whole started, this whole thing started, I really started to do a lot of research on like the science of creativity and how it's kind of like a muscle that if we don't train, it just like, it dies, like it, it loses its power. And I started really going deep inside of what sparks creativity. How do we spark creativity? Like anyone in any industry can be creative. And I think that we're all born with creativity. We just... I think that as we grow up, we just forget to actually work with that muscle. So um, 
I started writing every morning. So I started, first of all, I'm like, I used to be not a morning person and now I'm up every day at 5.30 in the morning. I, I do my creative writing, I do silent writing and I do journaling every single morning and I meditate. So I became not only that, but like very spiritual and very connected to like mind, heart, soul and grounding. Um, and in the morning, I it's so quiet everywhere in this house and not only in this house, but like on social media, it's quiet by email, it's quiet by phone, that when you write for five minutes in silence, you're actually giving yourself the opportunity to listen to your thoughts which is something that we don't really take time to do. So when that started, I started listening to all these ideas that were living in my head that I was, there's fear sometimes in being an artist. There's fear in being anything in any industry. And it's the fear of, of shame. It's the fear of not being able to do things right. It's the fear of failure. So I started promising myself. And the challenge was anything that you think about or you dream, you will make. Even if you think that it's not going to work, you go out and you make it. So my routine was wake up at 530. I would write. I would make breakfast, wake up the kids, put them in school, you know, like on Zoom. I would make a photograph, then make lunch, then edit that photograph, then take another photograph, then edit that photograph, make dinner and go to bed. So it was like a cycle. And when you start those cycles, it's like a child. Like when you start routines, you immediately switch into like at 5.30 in the morning, my eyes open and I'm ready to just go for it. And also my children are a big part of the inspiration because all of the things that you teach them and not only teach them, but you read to them, like all of these whimsical stories and Peter Pan and Harry Potter and Alice in Wonderland. And I've always had like a huge fascination for the whimsical. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to take this space and turn it into a, like a movie location and just find every corner where I can just make a small short scene of a movie. So the closet, the laundry room, the dining room, my bedroom, the kitchen, like everything had its own like protagonist. Wow. That's really, uh, Serena, isn't that, that's so powerful. I, I can't believe it. It's so smart. It's just like this intellect that, and you know, that intellect being your intuition, um, but also that process, you know, you really have changed a cycle, right? And you, you know, you were, you know, that's incredibly powerful too. That's definitely like a spark of just inspiration for me. Tell us about your power of partnerships and your own team and how they've helped you generate more awareness. Um, I think that mostly I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like a one person show in, in most of everything that I do. Um, I work a lot. I mean, at this point in my career right now, I'm in, I'm in an 80% marketing and a 20% creating. And I think that that has to, like, people have to understand, especially creatives, that you can't, like, creating is amazing and it's important and it keeps you alive, but marketing is a really big part of what you do. So you spend a lot, like, during the years, I the year, I kind of divide my year into moments. So at the beginning of the year, it's always so slow that it's all marketing and it's very little creating. Then when it comes to like March to July, I'll be like create, 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 and then market, market, market. But the creating part is bigger. And then it turns around like right now I'm in marketing mode. So it's all about 
you know, pitching to companies, showing my, my work to other people, getting my portfolio out there. Um, you know, I'm working with uh, contemporary art projects in Miami, which is the, the gallery that represents me as an artist. And I worked with Nora Jaime here in, in New York and Chelsea. And she also pushes me a lot. I mean, there's, there's like a certain, um, you know, there's, for example, a celebrity, Lady Gaga bought a photograph in March and that was pushed by her because of where she took my photograph. And now there's another like really big person in Texas in the process of, you know, acquiring some images, which I can't mention right now. But, you know, those things are all marketing. So now that in October, October is going to be a crazy month month for me. I'm doing a creativity talk for a summit sponsored by Nike, which is going to be insanely cool. Um, I'm launching an NFT project right now in September, and then I'm doing a show in Lehman College on October 18th. And then at the end of October, I worked with Baccarat, the crystal company. They're rebranding and relaunching their rebranding in October. And at the beginning it was just me being their photograph, like their photographer. And now it's, it's like I'm an ambassador and I'm the first Latina and first woman to work with them. And it's, you know, thank God my photographs are going to be on their website and in magazines. And, you know, it's kind of that moment where you're like, oh, my God, it's actually happening. This is insane. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. but it's all my but um, the creative process is is always an important process. Like I've been creating a little bit this week, but it's mostly just marketing, like marketing my books. I'm marketing, you know, it's, it's all push, push, push right now. Right. And you're also on display where, while we're filming this, it's um, you're on display at Bergdorf Goodman on Fifth Avenue in New York City. And she's in a show and it's on display until October 21st, correct? Yes, it's on the seventh floor. They just started curating um, small pop up shows. And the first one was with Contemporary Art Projects, which is the gallery that, that I work with in Miami. And they chose, I think, like 12 artists out of their like 27 artists. And I have two large images on a wall and four smaller ones on another wall. So it's really exciting because it, it gets a lot of traffic. So that's a good thing. And a certain type of consumer. And that, that was actually yes. something I wanted to see if you have a take on that, because you are... You, you are on the ground at certain art shows. I know I visited you at, at different fairs and, you know, you're, you're there interacting with different buyers. So what's your take on the art scene, scene and what seems to be driving the buyer? What are people interested in? So, you know, I think that every time that I go to a fair, for example, if I go with my gallery, it's a different audience. But when I do the other art fair, which is a fair that, that's here in Brooklyn, it's basically 120 artists with their own booth and your job there, which that I call it my happy place because because everybody that walks through that door, I get to tell them my story and I get to connect with these people, not only in a visual kind of way, but in an emotional kind of way. And there's so many women that are going through like big changes in their lives. And, you know, my photographs are about that, about like taking your life and reassessing everything that's in it and making yourself the most valuable, valuable, like part of it and everything that, that you have and that your talents are to move them forward without fear. So, you know, I, I get to explain these photographs and, 
and people really connect with them and and then end up taking home a part of their own story. So the beauty of, of art is that when you're when you're looking at a photograph and you like that photograph, you're actually looking and understanding your own story in it. Because if you don't connect with a piece, you're probably not going to buy it and you're probably not going to take it home. So art is very connected emotionally. Like it's it's a therapeutic visual like um, object that we take with us more than anything. Um, and, it, you know, it's it's like it works with brands. You know, it's like some people can go to Chinatown and buy a $200 Louis Vuitton, but some people actually work for four years straight because they there's an emotional value for them to go and spend $5,000 on a bag for them. It's not really anything else. It's just like the emotional, like the fan, the, the, the way that you feel when you own that piece of whatever accessory or a piece of art or anything. I think the art world can be more forgiving to younger, to like the up and coming artists. The art world is, is really governed by a certain number of people and they're not too many. So that's one thing. And I always tell my students, like, don't compare yourself to these people because it's really not worth it. Like you can make a living as an artist without being at, you know, Pace Gallery, for example, you know, and if you do that, you will probably end up at Pace Gallery because you're not focused on that. So um, I saw I saw this little show on Netflix called uh, The Art of Making It. And it's a really interesting documentary of five artists all in different sides, like parts of their career and how they work through the art world. And it's, it's a tough business, like everything. I mean, I think that it's true when people say that if you work on something really hard for 10 years or more, those that that will that will bring you places. And I think that, well, I've been working really hard for the past three years, but the, I think it, it's kind of it, it accumulates to like six years. So I'm almost there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so curious, what has been your favorite setting to photograph in? My favorite setting to photograph in, I have to say, like the funnest shoot I've ever done was the Baccarat shoot. Mm. We worked on 22 photographs in three days. It was insane. Wow. It was insane. Like we started working at seven o'clock in the morning and we would just go all the way to like 839. And we 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 worked at a, in one of the suites at the hotel and then we worked in the pool of the hotel and then we worked in the salon of the hotel and just like that whole experience with like a really big crew and meeting, you know, Chad is the creative director of Baccarat and he's amazing. And, and not only that, but he has like that quirky look at life like I do. So we were like, shall we do that? He's like, yeah, 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 let's do it. Let's do it. So we, we ended up doing a lot of things that actually weren't, you know, drawn into our plan. So when I, when I work with companies or I make photographs, everything goes through a sketch first. And then after sketching, I send these sketches to the, the brand or the person in charge, they see them. And I always tell them like, the sketch is exactly what that photograph is going to look like. Like I will send you photographs of the actual photograph from Bakra and my sketch. And even Chad was like, how in the world did you just imagine exactly everything that's in that photograph in a drawing? And because sometimes it's, it's, it's hard for people to see things. And I know that AI exists, but I rather do it myself because it's, it's also like, a, like, um, it's an exercise. 
Um, so it's really interesting. That was one of the best shoots I've, I've ever done. I mean, I think it was top notch, my favorite shoot. I could see that. That hotel is everything. I mean, we love staying there when we come to Manhattan. It's yeah, beautiful. And we're working with like clouds and we're working with skateboards flying and like tons of flowers and papers falling from the sky. And like, it was just insane, like seriously insane. Wow. What an experience. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a few images that come to mind and one is um, in Times Square and you have also the, the script, you know, the letters and your messages. Was that during COVID and was New York shut down when you did the shoot in Times Square? So I'll tell you, it was President's Day of 2021. Um, I was applying for the Tory Burch Fellowship that was going to show in her store for a year starting in 2022. So Usually when I get projects or call or like open calls or whatever, I try not to, I try to challenge myself to do something specifically for it instead of just like going into a, an old folder. And the work had to be about reopening of New York. So I thought, well, you know, go to iconic places and write on the yeah. floor with ropes. And that photograph was taken at 5.45 in the morning. And the funny story about this photograph is that I'm with a friend who's like actually taking care of my camera because, you know, I'm working I'm standing on the other side, looking the other way with my phone connected to my camera because it's like my remote control. And obviously I need somebody to take care of my camera in the middle of Times Square. Um, so he was basically standing there and then suddenly somebody comes up to us and says, what are you guys doing? And, you know, I start telling the story. I'm making these photographs about New York for Tory Burch Fellowship and Myrna. And then suddenly he's like, well, um, I work for the New York Post. Is it okay if I take some photographs of you working? And I was like, no. And what are the odds? Like crazy. Like, what are you doing here? So that Friday, it came out in the New York Post, like my photo of me on the floor with all the yes. papers and the writing on the paper. And it's like Lara Alcantara Lasberg, like doing this in the middle of Times Square. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very empty because it was still kind of, we were still kind of working out of the pandemic, but those photographs, um, were all about like being strong and how New York always comes back. I was here for September 11th, for example, and like, we always come back, like, you know, no matter what. And that thing that says like New York or nowhere, it's so true because yeah. I'm sick of New York. Sometimes I think that New York is overrated, but I'm like, where do I go? Like, where do you go after this? <laughs> you, know, you, you, come to, you come to me in florida it's like yeah it's just like you go to, you know i go to florida a lot but the florida it's such a different pace it is and it's yes. like you know it's just so different so yeah it was that was a that was a fun photograph to make those images i did it in grand central station i'm like writing timeless on the floor and people are looking at me like what are you doing <laughs> So, yeah. so yeah, let me do my art. Right. That's let incredible. Me do my art. I'll send you videos doing it and people are just looking <laughs> So how, how do people find you? So people find me usually through Instagram at Lara Alcantara. That is um my most of my work, like everything is there, and there's a lot of writing that I put with my photographs, right. which is why like I I got this poetry book out is because of that because a lot of what I write is is kind of poetic I like writing and I I feel like I'm not I'm not too bad at it so um 
so yeah, that's a place. And then I do sometimes reels that go pretty far in numbers. And then a lot of new people come in to, to see my work and come into the journey. And, you know, it's kind of fun. It's a really fun place to find me. And then you'll see also like my normal life of me skateboarding with my kid. And, you know, Marcela is like a, almost like a pro skater at this point. And, and incredible just my day to day. So it's yeah. kind of putting together like my authentic self in there. So, yeah. But we struggle. This is something that we need to know. Like there is still struggle. It's not all like happy and lights and like, you know. Well, we know you are so busy, but you are and you have a full day every day. Everybody follow our dear friend, Lara. You are incredible. Thanks for coming on the show and um, sharing your world, um, because I think that it really is inspiring so many others. And um we look forward to all that's to come because we know that you are on a path to amazingness. So congratulations. And um, this is really just part of the journey. So thank you for your time. And um, we love having you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Seriously, like I'm totally honored. I'm going to invite um, everyone here to see the last post that I posted it's a real about a little bit of my journey and um, just to let everybody know that it's never too late to rebuild your career and take it upon yourself to actually become the person you want to become. Just very important. It's never too late. Very true. Wow. Wow.